Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. Our reading is very short, but it is consequential. It's very important because it tells us the purpose of John writing this gospel. For the last few weeks, really the last few months, we've been going through the Gospel of John, and we're coming to the end. When we get to the end of John's Gospel, we get his purpose statement. Why did he write this book? Why did John include the stories that he included? And we would say that everything that John records is true. All these things really happened. But why did John select these specific things? I mean, we realize that if he included everything, that Jesus ever did, the book would be humongous. So he had to pick certain things. Now, we as Christians believe he is inspired by the Holy Spirit, as Scripture teaches, uh, that those writers of the Old Testament and New Testament were directed by God through the inspiration of the Spirit. So we know there's a supernatural component. But God uses the talents, uses the background, and, and all the different nuances of the writer and it makes sense if God is going to communicate with people, God would use other people to be the conduit of that communication. So it would make sense to us. So John has life experiences. John has education. All these things come to bear, even his writing style come to bear in his writing. But in some mysterious way, the truth is preserved by the Holy Spirit and communicated by the Holy Spirit. And I know this is a mystery and it's really no mechanical way to describe how inspiration works. We know that there's a synergy going on, that God uses the talents of the writer, uses the backgrounds of the, ta- of the writer, but also ensures that the message that is communicated is true and is right. So John is going to tell us the purpose for writing this book. So let's look at these two verses. And John comes right out and tells us why he does what he does. Now, I believe, and, and many commentators believe that These two verses track with the verse before. So in verse 29, remember, Jesus tells Thomas, old doubting Thomas is what we call Thomas. Thomas wanted proof. He wanted evidence. He wanted empirical evidence that Jesus really was who he said he is, that the resurrected Lord was the same Jesus that he followed during his ministry. He wanted to fill the holes of the nails. He wanted to fill the place where the, the spear went into the side of Jesus. He wanted to touch, see, and feel and make sure that this was really Jesus. Jesus provides that evidence. Then Jesus says to Thomas, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He's talking about us, people that will come after the apostles. Through the witness of the apostles, the testimony of the apostles, people will come along and believe in their testimony. We've never seen Jesus in the flesh, but yet we believe. And then he goes right into the purpose of the book. So let's look at verse 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John is not writing this book just for kicks and giggles. He is writing this book for a purpose. And he gives a very narrow and zeroed in purpose. Why does he pick the seven miracles he picks? Why does he structure the gospel that he, the way he structures it? Well, he does it for a purpose so that you will believe in Jesus and have life. 
Now, I can't tell you how debated this verse is. Verse 30. A lot of people have debated, okay, is this book written for people that are non-believers, people that are have never heard of Jesus, and now they're being taught about Jesus, and they're being brought to faith in Christ? So evangelism, is this book about evangelism? Others would debate and say this book is for Christians, for those that already know about Jesus, and, and we're trying to grow their faith. And there is huge debate. If you pick up a commentary, there will be a large section devoted to these verses, specifically verse 31. And what does it mean that you may believe? Who are the you? Are they unbelievers? Or are they believers that John wants them to grow in their faith? I'm okay with saying it's both. And I think sometimes uh, we split hairs at times. And I think John is talking to two different types of people. There are people that don't know Christ. He wants them to come to Christ and be saved. But also he's calling Christians to grow deeper in their faith. Now, uh, Richard Bockham makes the point, makes a compelling point that John expects you to have read the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark was a very basic gospel. Uh, it's very short. It gets to the point, and many people believe the Gospel of Mark was in the church at Rome very early. And it was used for what's called catechesis. Catechesis is teaching of people that are going to go through baptism or they're considering becoming Christian. So Mark was used for that purpose. So Bacham makes a really good point that John expects you to have read Mark, know the basics of the story of Jesus, and now his gospel is filling in the gaps and giving you the nuances and the spiritual depth. Just the word for miracle that John uses, he doesn't use the word dunamis. Now, the word dunamis, the word for miracle that's used many times in other places, refers to the power behind the miracle. John uses the word simia, which means sign. It, when Jesus works a miracle in John's gospel, John is pointing you to a greater reality. He wants you to see not just the miracle, but what the miracle says about Jesus. Now, the structure of John's gospel is amazing. As we think, think about this question tonight, how did he structure this gospel it's a really magnificent structure and how he did it. He begins in chapter one, what's called the prologue, where he talks about the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then in the first part, the first 12 chapters of the Gospel of John, you have what's called the book of signs. Chapters one through 12, the book of signs where Jesus works these miracles. He takes on the institutions of Judaism. He goes to the feast of the Jews. So you have the book of signs. Then in chapters 13 through 20, you have what's called the book of glory, where he's going toward his hour, his hour of glorification, his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection, and eventually his ascension. What is amazing is how John breaks his gospel into two basic parts. I've already said the book of signs, book of, book of glory, but here's the cool part. Early on in John's gospel, he says this. He says, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The first 12 chapters of John's gospel is the light shining in the darkness. Jesus is bringing the light to all kinds of different people. Think Nicodemus comes in the cover of the night. Jesus reveals the truth that we must be born of above, born again. You have this Samaritan woman who has had a lot. That's basically her relationship that she's had. There, there are shambles. And Jesus brings the truth to this woman. I mean, all through these first 12, 12 chapters, we have the light shining in the darkness. Then the last few chapters, chapter 13, chapters 13 through 20, 
You have the darkness trying to snuff out the light. You have this calculated effort to kill Jesus and to snuff out this plan. But we realize because of the glory of the resurrection, the darkness will not overcome the light. Isn't that a beautiful way how John has structured this gospel in those two phrases? So when we read this prologue, we see that John has thought this through. This is a masterful gospel. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. I know you're, it's like having a favorite child. You're not supposed to do that. This is one of my favorite books in the Bible. And you can see why, hopefully, as you're going through these readings with us, uh, how beautiful, how wonderful this gospel is, how much truth it conveys. But to, today, I just thought this would be a great time to look at the purpose statement for this book. Why did he write this book? And John makes it clear. So with all that in mind, everything we've said so far in this podcast, let's go back and read the purpose statement one more time. This is John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And my prayer for us, whether you're, you're, a, you're not a believer that you'll come to faith in Jesus Christ and you will receive that life that John's talking about. And if you are a believer listening to this podcast, I pray that your faith will grow deeper and you'll realize this gift of life that we have in Christ. Well, I hope you have a great day today. And I would love to see you back tomorrow as we continue through uh, John chapter 21 tomorrow. We get started with the last chapter of this gospel. God bless.